read the Gospels, even a cursory glance will show you that they tried to kill Jesus a lot of times. Uh, Basically, the moment he was public in his ministry and began to attract followers and do signs and wonders, even the time, the first time he preached in his hometown of Nazareth, they tried to, according to Luke, throw him off a cliff for claiming uh, to be the fulfillment of one of Isaiah's prophecies and for condemning them for their lack of faith. So if we think that the passion that our Lord undergoes during this Holy Week is like the forces of the world finally caught up to him and trapped him, it's to misunderstand the whole mystery. Jesus doesn't have his life taken away from him. All those times that they tried to stone him, grab him, arrest him, trap him with with words or lies, he was completely free. They couldn't get him. Um, But in this moment, in this propitious moment of uh, the, the Passion Tide, the Holy Week that we enter this week, Jesus lays his life down. He chooses to die. He says in John, No one takes my life from me. I lay it down freely and I will take it up again. And so we see in Jesus suffering a truly free man, completely free and victorious in his suffering, in his embrace of the cross. The passion is a victory. It's a sorrowful one. It's a, it's a, terrible, a terrible one, but it's a victory nonetheless. It's a victory over sin, over the hesitancy of the human will to do the will of God. We even see... Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, this agony in the Garden, um, Jesus in his humanity crying out, Abba, Father, if you can make this cup pass for me, please, I don't want to suffer. He feels in his humanity, in his human nature, which he shares with us in every single aspect except, except sin, our hesitancy to trust, to abandon ourselves to God's will, to trust that even if it means we suffer, even if it means we pass through darkness, that there is no other light in this world to follow except the will of God. If we go our own way, it's self-destructive. It's ultimately choosing emptiness, nothingness, and death. That somehow, mysteriously, we have to choose to die in order to live. And Christ wins that victory in us and for us in the Passion. He restores, as it were, our humanity as the image and likeness of God. He does what we could not do from the beginning, which was to to be a perfect manifestation of God's self-giving love, his glory. And each of these passion narratives, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they start with the Last Supper. And we include that in the reading for Palm Sunday, that before he suffers, before he is betrayed, he celebrates this last meal, this last celebration of the Passover with his disciples. And even has special preparations made, which have some mystery around them themselves. He says, you're going to see a guy carrying water, ask him, tell him the master has need of this room, he's going to have it all ready for us. And there's, there's something like that Christ has been planning this, that this is integral to the whole Paschal mystery, is this last meal that he celebrates with them. And he gives them... The Eucharist, he institutes the Eucharist, he reinterprets the whole meaning of the Passover mystery, that liberation of the Jews from from slavery in Egypt is really a foreshadowing of the liberation of all of humanity from the slavery to sin. 
And that this meal, this sacrificial lamb, this bread and this wine, do this in memory of me. And so long as you do this, whenever we eat this bread or drink this cup, we remember and we proclaim the death of the Lord. And then they go out singing to the Garden of Gethsemane and the whole horrible drama unfolds after that. But Christ has left them this memorial of his suffering and his death, the presence of his crucified and risen flesh and blood that we remember at every single Mass. And in that way, every Mass is, is Passion Sunday, just like every Mass is Easter Sunday. We, we are in the sacrifice of the Mass at the foot of the cross, as well as at the empty tomb. The, the whole Mass is not simply uh, a replay of the Last Supper or a remembrance of his presence in the bread and the wine, or it's not just a magic trick that all of a sudden we get more God's presence in our, in our midst and we get to eat him and, and consume him and be in communion with him, that it's somehow not just communion with Jesus in general, but specifically in his suffering, his death, his resurrection. And the whole Eucharistic prayer speaks of this. You know, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. It's not just any night that he gave us the Eucharist. It's on the night before he was to suffer. Right after the Eucharist is consecrated, take this all of you and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. This is the chalice of my blood, which will be shed for you and for many. The priest just says, the mystery of faith. And you all say, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. That this is how we are present to you in your suffering, in your passion. This is how we make your victory ours. And it's the only way we make your victory ours. Because look at St. Peter, Peter at the Last Supper. When Jesus gives him the bad news, you're going to betray me. You guys are all going to run away. I will win this victory for you, but it's not for you to have yet. It hasn't been won in you. I am not all in you yet. Peter says, no, 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 no. I'll be there to the end. I don't even need your help. I'll never abandon you, even if I have to die. You can imagine Jesus' sorrow and pity for him as he, as he has to tell him, no, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny that you even know me. And of course, Peter, left to his own powers, is useless. It's the, it's the slightest temptation to save himself, to save his own skin. He says, no, I don't even know. He starts cursing and swearing. I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never met him. There's an interesting uh, detail. Bishop Barron talked about the, the, the boy who runs away when Jesus is arrested. This, it only appears in Mark, the, the young man in the linen garment who the guards try to capture, and he runs away and leaving his, his white linen garment behind. I've always heard that that St. Mark put himself in the gospel there, that he was like, he meant to put himself in the gospel as this young man who runs away from Jesus as he's being arrested. Bishop Barron said that it's all of us. In, in the ancient church, baptism was men got baptized in one place, women got baptized in another place, and they would get totally naked and get into the waters. It was symbolic of them shedding their old self. And then they would go down into the waters of baptism, come up, dry off, be uh, anointed with the chrism, and then given this linen white garment to represent their purification, their cleansing from original sin. And that white garment, the alb, which priests wear when they celebrate Mass, and every, bapt- every baptized Christian has a right to wear an alb to represent their baptism, uh, that that's, he's, he's dressed, this young man, in the Passion, 
just like he got right out of the baptismal font, just like he's a newly baptized Christian. And it's at this moment that Jesus is arrested, that he's got to choose whether he walks with him, he carries his cross with him, he suffers and dies with him, or he runs away. And the guards grab him, tear off his baptismal garment, and he runs away naked. And it's like, yeah, that's the moment that we choose. All of us, we, we make these promises when we're baptized. Of course, many of us were baptized as babies, but we have someone being baptized uh, a week from today, uh, on Saturday, the Easter vigil, as an adult, and makes these promises. I renounce Satan. I renounce sin. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, the Holy Catholic Church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the dead, and the rest of it. I'm going to live that way for the rest of my life, no matter what it costs. But there comes a time, I think, in all of our lives where we see him in his passion. We see that it's time to make that victory mine. It's time for, for me to be in communion with Jesus as he suffers, as he dies, so that I can rise with him. And some of us choose to, some of us don't. Thank God for his mercy, because we can always get that baptismal garment back in confession and reconciliation. It's never too late for us until it is. Um, and even that young man is there at the resurrection in Mark's account and, and is restored into his glory, into his linen white garment once again. Um, but maybe for us this week, this Passion Tide, this Holy Week, we can um, meditate on that, that this victory has been won for us. It's available, the fruits of it, in every Mass. But we have to choose it. We have to stay with him, to walk with him as he goes through this suffering, this mystery, this Passion that whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the death of the Lord. We proclaim his death, his resurrection, and we wait for his coming in glory.